Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 48. Number 48. Of the Fresher and Parlance Show. Show. I am Parlance. And I'm Fresher. Welcome, Fresher. We're trying to get these audio issues sorted out uh, every week. Uh, We listen to the podcast and go, well, that person was too loud. This person was too loud. I know, yeah. Which we're getting better, I think. I got my my microphone and everything, but I don't know if it actually makes that much difference. Well, I will say that um, I was having dinner with someone on uh, Friday evening, and uh, shout out to Justin, friend of the show. He uh, he was like, dude, I saw that fresher dude. He has like some crazy microphone. <laughs> I know, right? It's Buzz. It's Buzz. Yeah, he, I was like, yeah. He's like, did you buy that show? He's like, did you did he buy that just for the show? I'm like, yes, he did. <laughs> It's not like it's super. It's like fifty dollars. It's not like that expensive. Yeah, but uh, so how was your week? I usually start with the quip. Last week we got I got a lot of comments also that we started very, very high energy. That's because I almost ended the the show know, before it even started. <laughs> I like that you can hear us under the intro. <laughs> That's a good addition. So, uh, but the weather here has been pretty nice as yeah, of late. Yeah, I like it's. It's a little bit sunny, but still intermittent rain and not too hot. <laughs> That's well, my kind of weather. The the craziest thing was on Sunday into Monday when the Boston was getting, I don't know, 70 inches of snow or whatever they got, 30-plus inches of snow. Same thing. Only... I mean, New York got that thing, too. That was like yesterday. Or was that the same one you are talking about? Yeah, same storm. But New York only got like 10 inches. We got the, yeah. um, Boston got hit more. I think they got like 30 plus inches. We had we had 61 degree weather. Yeah, I know. They were saying that that's a a foreshadowing of the Super Bowl because we're going to be hot. Super Bowl weather be with them, so we're probably going to win. <laughs> All right, we got to talk about it. Super Bowl time. Hell yeah! So Super what's your Bowl. big what's oh, a big? I was going to bring my hat down. I like it's the only piece of Seahawks paraphernalia that I have. I got a hat from my friend Todd, but I didn't bring it down to wear it on the show. Well, I could stall time while you go run and get it. Uh, okay, yeah. Stall some time. Okay. So, uh, you know, this has been a big week for the, the Seattle residents. Uh, there's 12th man parties everywhere. I saw a story that there was a Marijuana dispenser, uh, as you know, marijuana is a, is legal in Washington State. They're rolling twelve thousand joints with a special twelfth man edition uh, marijuana uh, plant of some sort, and um, that's a lot of joint rolling. I feel like to do in one week, but it, it's it harkens back to the old days. Oh, let's see, is he back? Seahawks. That's my Seahawks. It looks good, good with the eye patch. I just move it up a little here. Oh, yeah, there you go. Kind of. <laughs> um, I was just talking to the, the audience about the uh, the the marijuana dispensary. You know, in celebration of the Super Bowl, oh. they're do they're rolling twelve thousand joints this week. Yeah. Oh, I heard some. I heard on the radio there was like a twelfth man pack with like twelve joints. Or was it twelve thousand? It's something about joints. Yeah. So it's a tw- it's a twelfth man pack with twelve joints with a special twelfth man strain. And uh, they're they're making twelve. They're rolling twelve thousand joints. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a lot of twelves. A lot of twelves, but I think that's a thousand packs. And apparently they sold out. Really? Yeah. And then um, 
so I was thinking like how difficult it must be to roll twelve thousand joints. Yeah, you think was, you can automate that? It doesn't seem that hard. Well, the video that I watched, they it was actually hand, they're all hand rolled. Really? And uh, yeah, so I was thinking if they got Carpal's tunnels, they could just smoke the stuff and get the pain to go away. <laughs> it's like self self healing. Yeah. So uh, this week, so I went, you know, like I said, we were talking about the the twelfth man celebration. You know, the yeah. city's completely a buzz. It's not. I feel like it's not as a buzz as it was last year, but I mean, it is a buzz. And uh, I mean, we have pools in the office, a couple pools. I'm totally gonna win it, just like I did last year in your guys' face. Whoa, talking smack! <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, so we have that. It's my privilege as reigning champion. It is true. So you better soak it up because I'm gonna win it in two days. I have rubbing it in how I'm using my winning dollar for betting this year too, so it's not actually my own money. <laughs> how much did you win last year? Eight dollars? I think yeah, I think it's it's up on my cubicle. I got the eight bucks. So the, right that there. you could just keep part, part, participating every year for the next eight years. It's more than that because I'm gonna win again. So oh, I fair mean, enough. You could be have more dollars. Essentially, as many Super Bowls as you're alive, you keep winning every year. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I don't know. I, yeah, the, last year they did the. There was a lot of office uh, shenanigans where they like put a giant Richard Sherman on the on the building in the Expedia building in Bellevue. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I haven't seen anything like that this year. There hasn't yeah, been that's any. What I, mean. I mean, we are having a a pre Super Bowl party like office sanctions tomorrow, but they didn't do the whole Blue Friday thing as much. Like where the office building would have stuff like. The office building has a party tomorrow. Do they? Yeah, it's uh, free Krispy Kreme and Starbucks donuts between 8 and 9 a.m. Oh, that's so early. I know. <laughs> I can't get there enough for that. Maybe that 5-HTP will help you. Yeah, it could. I know. I know that's exciting. I forgot what it was called. I had to, like, look around. <laughs> did, where did you go to purchase it? So for those of you who don't know, I've started a supplement to help curb appetite, increase, uh, lower my anxiety, and help with my sleep. It's called 5-HTP. It's a natural supplement. I started sort of taking. I started taking it, and um, I started getting crazy dreams and really restful sleep. I then told Fresher here about it, and he went out immediately and bought some. I know. Well, I mean, I'm excited. I feel like the whole being able to wake up and like just be more positive about waking up is my goal with this supplement. And I'm pro supplement. I like supplements. So like, yeah, I just the waking up thing. And you said it gives you like crazy dreams and stuff. That sounds pretty cool. If I just felt like, you know, I don't feel tired ever. I just don't like waking up. Like it doesn't really even really matter what time it is. Even if I wake up at like one o'clock in the afternoon, it still sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, well, I, I feel like, you know, people always say this, oh, parlance, you don't, you never lack energy. You're always enthusiastic and high energy. Yeah. But I feel like that, I don't always, like, that may be my outside exterior, but on the inside sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm not that way. I just present myself to be high energy. Um, but well, I, I mean, I mean, it seems like that's kind of the same thing. If you present yourself to be high energy, I think you're high energy. <laughs> I see. I see what you're saying. I have enough energy to actually pretend to be high energy. Yeah, I know. That's not something that you can like, <laughs> man, I like pretended to be super good at school all the way through school and totally got good grades. <laughs> Isn't that what they call faking it till you make it? Fake it till I you know, make it. Totally. Yeah. Totally is. 
Um, so this last Saturday I went to see, first off, I went to the new Cinerama. For those of you who do not know what Cinerama is, Cinerama, Cinerama is the, I would say, what would you call it, first class giant theater in downtown Seattle. It's the only one of its kind pretty much in downtown Seattle. It's one screen, only one movie. They only show a couple shows a day of that same movie. They just shut it down and they reopened it with brand new uh, Dolby, I don't know, some crazy sound system. Yeah, I mean, they just totally... It's basically Paul Allen's pet project. He just, like, put away a lot of money. I don't even think it's going to be profitable. I mean, I guess it probably would if, like, you know, he's doing it, but he put a lot of money in it to, like, <laughs> like upgrade it. And don't they have food and stuff now, too? So they, they did have... They had beer on tap. I saw that. Oh, um, yeah, drinks. They had... And they had... Now, I have no idea if it was vegan or not, but I ate some because I was... It was so good. They had, like, a mix. It was, like, a chocolate popcorn. It was like plain popcorn mixed with like some chocolate one. It was yeah. Like a, a gourmet popcorn. It was so good. Now again, there may have been some dairy in there and that's why was, my body was like dairy, dairy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was so good. The popcorn was so good. And the seats are freaking huge. They're huge. And they're it's like a, recliners, each one of them. Each one's a recliner, but they're also like maybe, you know, you ever sit in first class in an airline, an airline? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like that big, you know, like where you're there's like room like three three inches on each side of your so it's like first class theater. Oh, also, did you mention it's assigned seating? Because I it, think that's it, a pretty big thing. Yes, it's assigned seating, and um, the person we had gone with, the couple, uh, they purchased tickets like three weeks out, and got like perfect center center, like the best seats you could possibly have in the place. Yeah, and uh, so good. There's so much room in front of you that you don't have to move at all if someone wants to walk by you. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, um, I Does would have say... seat delivery or not? I mean, can you no. order stuff at your seat? No, no you seat delivery. It. Yeah, it's, it's, in that way, it's a very general theater experience. It just has a little bit extra. And the tickets, now, here's the thing. The tickets are $15 a piece. Yeah, I mean, that's like a 3D movie price. Right, but the I will say this wholeheartedly... You, once you go, you'll never want to sit in another theater ever again because it's so comfortable and the sound is so good. And uh, we went to see American Sniper, which has been, you know, it's kind of uh, an interesting movie. Uh, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't awesome. It was okay. Um, do you know the story? Uh, I'd, uh, yeah, American Sniper. It's about the guy, best sniper ever or whatever, and he wants to come back or something. That's sort of. Um <laughs> That's what I got from the previews. He's a, like a, a you know Team Seal Six or whatever. It's, he's Team Seal One, I think, or Team Seal Two. Yeah. He, uh, he's a he's a Navy Seal. He joins because uh, he's kind of lacking a mission in his life. Uh, like he joins and he's like hardcore, and he's just kind of like hardcore in the sense that he's like raw, raw America, protect my guys. Um, he has to shoot. You know, spoiler alert, he has to shoot a lot of people with his sniping rifle. Well, I mean, yeah, um, he's like, wasn't he the most successful or, like, best sniper or whatever? Because it's like, it, I didn't know, too. It's a true story. It's Well, here's that's where it gets a little questionable because it, come out, it has come out that a lot of his stories are unverifiable. He lost the lawsuit to Jesse the Body Ventura because he lied in his novel that the story is based off of. So all future versions of this book will have that chapter removed. Oh, really? Yeah, he said he knocked, he punched him in the head and knocked him out in a bar, but it turned yeah. out that that was a lie. So now there's a lot of you know things about the fabrication 
uh, Wait, of the how book. much of a book do you... I mean, like, if you wrote a story that's facted, but it's not, a, like, a nonfiction book, like... It is a nonfiction book. Oh, really? Yeah, he was li- literally a, a SEAL Team sniper no, in No, I Iraq. know, but, like, still, like, for instance, if you write an autobiography about yourself, like, it doesn't have to be completely factual. Well, I think that's the idea here, especially when you're including other people. I think you want to remain factual to the whole the whole thing. Like if you say I have to, if you say um, I have to um, shoot a child, which he had to do once and then almost did another time. Yeah. Like I don't think you want to lie about that because it's yeah, kind yeah. of not good that you're using a sniper rifle to shoot a child. Then um, also. There's an uh the oh you know what let me go back I will say the one thing I did think was interesting about it was the portrayal of the Iraqis that were the, essentially the resistance the people that the our military was fighting yeah really interesting very Wait, betra- good like we betrayed them or what no no betrayal portrayal like the way they portrayed them like yeah. the way they were shown in the like the way they the the, the military strategy the tactics that they used. Um, how the military kind of was like clearing, going door by door to find these people. You remember back when uh, the Iraq War was happening? They had like the deck of cards with all the people on it. Oh yeah, yeah. To yeah. Do all the most wanted people and stuff. Yeah, so it was like they were hunting for the most wanted. They had strategies. Um, it was it was an interesting uh, thing. So long story short, he survives. He has post traumatic stress. It does talk about kind of like the dark side of the war. You know, he does come back. A number of times he goes on four, I believe four tour, tours of duty. Yeah. In Iraq, so he had over like a thousand days or something in Iraq, and um, he comes back the last time after almost dying. He got lucky because of a a, a well placed sandstorm that allowed them to escape. Yeah. Um, and he comes back and he's all messed up and he realizes like the best way he could help is instead of going back to Iraq, but. He's, he kind of starts dealing with people who have been veterans that have been wounded, talking to oh, them. Oh, yeah, like, because he understands or whatever. Yeah, cause he, and he starts going that way, and it ends up he gets getting murdered by one of them. Because, oh, in the movie, I thought it, like, I thought he died, like, not weirdly. No, he died life. weirdly. He didn't, well, he didn't die, in, like, in Iraq. He died in Texas at a gun range. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So in the movie, did he do that? Yeah. But it was, like, Malicious? I thought it yeah, was, it was like malicious. Accident. No, it wasn't an accident. The guy had post-traumatic distress and killed him and his spotter, and 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 then went left and left them there. Killed them in the woods and then left them there. And the woods? Oh, I thought it was a shooting range. Well, I don't know. In the in the movie, they say, oh, it's it's um, it's you know, he starts he you they only introduce the character. They don't actually see him get shot because they don't like fictionalize that or which they portray yeah, that yeah. or whatever. But they uh, they showed he said hey I'm gonna take you up to the woods and I got a good place for you to go shooting, um, and then then the face of black and then it says he died and and it had no sound in the credits at all it was like he's dead and really? then all the credits the whole credits not a sound it was a dead soundtrack. Did you wait till the end to see if there's a clip? <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, like a, a a tip for American Sniper two. Yeah. Back from the dead, American Sniper <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah, no, there was no extra... Cl- I didn't wait all the way, but... There could have been. There could have been. I bet nobody would wait. It'd be pretty funny to add something. Um. Yeah, so, anyway, 
it, it was, I would say it was okay, not great, but to make it a shit ton of money. And, you know, it's interesting, and uh, Bill Maher pointed this out on the latest episode of, um, or maybe it was two episodes ago, of of uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. He said, uh, Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, yeah, Hurt Locker, did you see that? Yeah. He Which said one was that, um, I think Hurt Locker was better, but it's interesting you say this. Is that he said this is that those movies didn't make any money in the movie theater. Yeah. But then when you get this American psychopathic sniper, yeah, who's like essentially all about almost like I, I shouldn't say psychopathic, but that's his words, not mine. But essentially, this very like rah rah. I'm gonna go get these kind of he calls them savages. I think in multiple occasions, like I'm gonna kill these savages. Um, Basically, the other people weren't brutal enough. They were two regular people. Yeah, whereas this guy was like Rambo. Yeah, he yeah. was like he just like killed a bunch of people and stuff, and yeah. people want someone who's like over the top. Right. Exactly. Not someone who's like a real person and like, you know, struggling with their life decisions or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I will say. So in Hurt Locker, I had real feelings of of intense anxiety in the sense that you you kind of like it was a scary it was a scary there were scary moments because you don't know what's going to happen yeah. whereas in this movie like I felt all of the moments that were supposed to build in anxiety like is he going to shoot the kid is he not going to it never it never got to that level for me um yeah it's just like it's going to happen it's like not yeah yeah so uh, this was a big week of movies for me because this then yes last night I went to a special advanced screening of Project Almanac. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, I'm a big fan of time travel movies. Do you like time travel movies? I do like time travel. I just re- uh, well I didn't read it, but I saw an article of like the top ten time travel movies and rating them like in their, in their consistency. And I didn't read it. I saw the title. Oh my gosh! I was ready for you to tell me. All right. I feel like, yeah, I mean, articles, it's always like, yeah, I saw this article. It's like, so what about, I don't know, I didn't read it. <laughs> I, just saw, I just saw the, the age of the internet. This I is what I, you know, like when um, websites, um, they put the, uh, like, the name of the story in the URL. So, yeah. if it's, you know, so it's like uh, ban on, like, for instance, Super Bowl ban on drones, right? So yeah. you send it over, it's like gizmodo.com slash the ban on drones at Super Bowl. Yeah. I would feel like, you know, and then you share that with someone, you're like, hey, Fresher, and I'd send it to you. All you do is you look at the link and you're like, okay, I see it. That's it. That's all I need to do. I know. Well, I mean, that's useful too because then you don't get tricked into, like, clicking some sort of ridiculous trick link, you know? I guess you're right, but um, the way I see it is that I know for a fact I've there's stories like I'm a slow reader, but I'm not that slow. There's been a number of times where I've sent a, a link. I'm like maybe two paragraphs through like an eight paragraph story, yeah, right. And I'm reading through it, and I'm like, well, this is really interesting. I'm gonna share this with with oh, somebody. Yeah, I know. yeah, and then I share it with them, and I'm still reading the article, and then they ping back, and they're like, that was awesome. And I'm like, I didn't even finish it yet. How could you possibly have? Fit, how could you possibly read that whole thing? I um, feel like that happens to me the opposite way. That uh, I'll like have some article, I'll get halfway through it, and then I'll like link it to someone because like I think this is relevant to something that we've talked about before or whatever. But then I'll finish reading the article, and it turns out like it wasn't actually that cool. So I was like, yeah, when I sent you that, it wasn't. I didn't finish reading it, but. <laughs> the first part's good. <laughs> so, so and I really want to like wait till I actually read it. 
or I'll warn like, I didn't read it yet, but this looks cool. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Hashtag uh, story warning. I don't know. Story Hashtag. Warning? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, so anyway, back to uh, Project Almanac. So yeah, um, the the show was at 6 p.m. It was very interesting because it was a mixture. It was a test audience, sort of. It was a mixture of movie reviewers, like us. Yeah, I know, and, right? And and uh, the core demographic. And FYI, the core demographic. This was an MTV Films movie. Yeah. The core demographic was like 20. I'm gonna say 18 to 25. I mean, that's totally who's in the movie. It's like American Pie-type age people, right? Right. So we're in the crowd, and um, we got there kind of late because the traffic was really bad on I-5. And yeah. um, But we ended up getting okay seats. Um, but it was really interesting to be in a theater full of people not my age. Because, like, American Sniper 1030 show on a Saturday night, not a lot of teenagers there, you know? Or, you know <laughs> yeah. Um, but I forgot what it's like. It's kind of fun when the kids are like, oh, no, she didn't! Like, they're yelling at the screen and stuff, and like, oh! I didn't do that that much. Huh? I guess it had, like, a pre-screening, that would happen a lot. I guess. So there was, like, one scene in particular where, like, cops get shot back because of a, like, sound blast or a time wave or something. Yeah. And people are like, oh, damn! That's awesome. <laughs> but anyway, I don't want to give too much away of the plot, seeing as though it, it is a it hasn't even released yet. Um, yeah. But I will say that one thing I did not know about the movie was it's that it's like a found footage type movie. Oh, really? Saw lots of those. So it's a shaky cam, and my yeah. wife hates shaky cam movies. <laughs> and she said five like 15 minutes into the movie, um, she was like, "I'm gonna barf. I'm <laughs> gonna barf." Yeah. I was like, "Just you close your eyes." The whole thing? Huh? Yeah, we stayed for the whole thing. I liked it. She didn't. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers. It's It has one unusual take on the time machine. That's all I'll say. Like one the whole, unusual... it's like a core concept of the movie? The whole or... movie's about time travel. Huh? The whole movie's about time travel. So... No, I know, but the the original take on it or whatever, is it the concept or is it just like something that happens? Okay, so you know how we always talk about time travel movies is like whatever happened did happen, right? So you can't change it, so you could go back. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is kind of like the where you kind of like can change it. You could change the past. Well, I mean that's that's what happened in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Right. So it's, so you could change the past to to no. So like in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, don't they like dude? Remember. Put like a garbage can here so it falls on his head. I know. You know and then it falls I on his head. I did that to myself the, uh, yesterday at my friend's house. Like, um, I, they, they had like a package of Fig Newton cookies there. And I was like, oh, damn, you guys have Fig Newtons? <laughs> and I like, was eating them. And they're like, yeah, I mean, I think you left those here last time. But it was like way long ago, and I totally don't remember. <laughs> so I left it for my future self. <laughs> pretty good it would be cooler if your future self left it for your past self but I'll take it yeah um, I mean it's it's good enough so anyway there's, it could uh, have like, been actually it could have been who knows you don't know I'm going to put the cookies back so I mean <laughs> yeah but anyway it's I think if you're a fan of time travel movie yeah movies it's definitely worth the see would I pay a ticket price maybe not but it was okay I liked it cool so um, so anyway, uh, 
Speaking of movies, you see the interview's already on Netflix. I know. Yeah, I, that was quick. I mean, but I feel like they probably made... Do you think they made their money back on it? I mean, I know it made a lot of money, but it was only relative to, like, online videos from past metrics or whatever. So I don't know if it's, like, actually made back the cost of making it. I don't know. You know, it's an interesting case here, right? Because now we will know... Or not we, but Sony will know how these movies do. Like they may be able, yeah. to, be able to create. Yeah, they could create. I a feel like it was a really good test case that got forced in the market, especially since theaters like denied to play it or whatever. I feel like this is really their only. Like that was their last holdout was like having things released to theater first, but this is like an example of not, and then it's probably still profitable. Right. So the only other film that I can think of in recent memory, Snowpiercer. Debuted directly to to uh, VOD. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that one. The 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 Korean one with uh, Captain America. Oh yeah. Chris Evans. He plays like a character, and it. it's like half Korean. So Piercer, it's on a train. I don't know it. Oh Speaking my god. Speaking of Captain America, though, Lego just released that Air Fortress set. Oh, how big is it? Cool. It's pretty big. It's like. I mean, you know, like, it's, like, probably this big. But it has, like, the micro figures, and then it has all the characters in micro figures, and they're to scale in, the, like, a little bridge inside the thing with all the computer screens and stuff. And then it has a bunch of, like, mini jets that, like, are scaled to the thing, too. And it has a little, a little thing so you can, like, twist this thing, and it spins all four of the propellers. So how much is this product? I don't know. I didn't see a price. I only saw it on, like the Lego channel, like, releasing stuff, like, we're really excited to offer this new uh, Avengers set or whatever. Is it, is it big? Is it a big set? It's Yeah, it's pretty big. But I'm, I'm looking it up. A Lego, what is it called? I don't know. I mean, it's the whatever the Avengers, just Avengers Legos, I guess. But I was going to shout out, too, that uh, Tom said, uh, I'm saying Seattle is a buzz when Fresher is sporting a Seahawks cap. <laughs> you, you can also reach out to us at, at Fresh Empire on Twitter. So just so you know, it's um, 2,996 pieces. That's pretty a lot. Not as many as the Millennium Falcon, but... How many was the Millennium Falcon? I don't know. It was the second biggest set ever. Yeah, so I'm asking, how big was that? I don't know. Falcon Lego... Taj Mahal Lego, how big is that? Taj Mahal is the biggest. Yeah, that's what I'm looking right now. I'm going to see how many pieces that... I mean, this is great. This is perfect for our on-air, just talking about how big a Lego is. (laughs) 5,900 pieces is the Taj Mahal. So it's like half. Yeah. Well, three-fifths. Three-fifths. Yeah. But that's that. Anyways, just shout shout out for that. I'm a big fan of uh, Legos. All the pairs. (laughs) Lego! Hashtag Lego. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's my Uncle John's birthday yesterday. Or Monday, I should say. Nice. Happy birthday, Uncle. 85. Nice. Wait, it was your who? My Uncle John. Uncle John, yeah. Yeah, I had a Grandpa John. Uh, I... Did I... No, I did not have a Grandpa John. It seems like a pretty normal name or whatever. You know, I was thinking about this, you know, about the Marvel movies. Did you know, like, three three of the main characters all have the first name Chris. Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, and Chris Hemsworth. That's Thor. Oh, you mean actors. Yeah, Thor, Captain America, and and Star Lord all have the first name Chris. I wonder what they call each other on set. Uh, well, like... Star Lord hasn't been on in the same um, 
They probably just say, yo, Cap. They call him, like, Cap and Thor. I would Cap, love to be Cap called. Thor. I don't know. Maybe. It's true. Speaking of uh, Chris Pratt, though, it looks like he's the new Indiana Jones. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's, they're saying maybe. Just maybe? Because, yeah, I think he would be pretty good. I feel like also people like him enough. I mean, it's already, like, a solid franchise, but I feel like people would see it just for him being in that role. Besides that it's Indiana Jones. I think he... Because think about it. Star-Lord is kind of like a little bit like Han Solo. A little bit. Yeah, totally. He's a little bit... He's like a... What's that called? He's Uh, like a renegade good guy or whatever. Yeah. So why not? I I think it would be be a a solid fit. I I support it. I think he would... I can't think of another actor I would actually want to be. I know, me either. I mean, maybe they'd pick someone and then they might be okay, but he would be good. He would be good at it. You know what's funny? I saw. I was watching that. I was looking at the real pictures of the guy who played the Ameri- like American Sniper, that Chris Kyle, the real image. Yeah. And he actually looked. I think Chris Pratt should have played the American Sniper because they look. Um, they look uncanny. <laughs> He's probably just too busy. He was probably, probably too, well. He probably doesn't have the range. No, he because he was in that other movie, which is kind of similar, the one about the. Uh, Osama Bin Laden thing. Oh, yeah, he was, Zero Dark Thirty. You're right. So that seems really similar in, like, you know, movie genre. He probably could have done it. Good point. I totally... Probably just had bigger, better things. I just movie triviaed you. (laughs) I didn't know that, though. I did know he was in that. I'm trying to think what other movies Chris Pratt was in. I don't know, I guess. He's in a lot of movies, though, I think. Just recently. He played Scott Hatterberg in Moneyball. The baseball player. I totally forgot about oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Did yeah. he used to be like a carpenter or something? I don't know. He's from Lake Stevens, Washington. Oh, yeah, that's right. I and mean, he I, thought a... I heard that his story was that he was like totally a carpenter or something, and then like people just like thought, oh, you should be an actor, and then he did it, and then like he got super famous. <laughs> Sounds so easy. I know, right? Yeah. What are we doing? We, people should be like, why don't you go be uh, a... We are doing... We probably we just don't do. have the gift. We just yeah. have like a, you know, YouTube channel. <laughs> the gift? <laughs> I guess. He's in park, Parks and Recreation in Europe. What is in that? Europe? Oh, so it is. Indiana Jones 5 is on here, and it says rumored. rumored. Oh, rumored. I think no. he's going to do it. It sounds sounds pretty, pretty likely. Um... Speaking of uh, g- rumored to fact, or whatever they want to call it, the the MH370 has been formally declared an accident. I know, right? I like, don't believe it. I'm still I'm still calling the lost situation. As well, in lost the TV show. Well, here's the thing. I don't... Well, yeah, it was like, it's definitely lost, Fresher. I was going to say, it's definitely yeah. lost. I had to specify. I specified. Yeah. Um, because I, I've always... Like, what took them so long to say it was you know, like why did they have to wait so long to say it was an accident like a year later yeah it's, i know that is weird it's so stupid I mean, there was a lot of pressure for it though like all of the chinese or was it in the chinese families or whatever wanted them to keep searching and they were blaming malaysia well the way i understand it is now that they declared it an accident they, the insurance payouts could happen oh, 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 oh so essentially that's why they had it formally declared an accident because otherwise who knows what it was? It's some sort of lost situation. By lost, I mean the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, speaking of uh, a situation here, this is a bad segue, but whatever. I know. Um, so speaking of segues. 
Speaking of... Hmm, I like, um, you should throw in some... Funny you'd mention so-and-so. It's funny you mention <laughs> uh, odd situations. Yeah. So there was a recent uh, survey that went up. Pew Research did a study on this. Yeah. And they were trying to gauge um, the percent of U.S. adults that's, that, that feel a certain way and the percentage of scientists who feel a certain way. Wait, and are they... Uh... American scientists? AAAS, so I'm assuming that is American scientists, correct? Hmm. Uh, what is AAAS scientists? I don't know, I've never heard of that. Um, so anyway, so we let, I, I was going to quiz you on this. I told you not to look at it. I didn't look at it. I did see, this was another article that I saw and only read the headline and didn't actually click on it earlier today. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to read the thing and then I'm going to give a percentage, okay? And you're going to guess whether it's scientists or U.S. adults. Oh, I guess which one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay. Safe to eat genetically modified foods. 88% of this group says yes. Scientists. Correct. Guess how many adults? 37%. Yeah, I know, because people are dumb. I think, I mean, everything's genetically modified. So yeah, like, it totally is. It's, yeah. I don't want to get into that because, yeah, but that's dumb. Yeah. Oh, um, speaking of, well, I mean, sorry to bust in. I forgot about this. Did you hear they're releasing, like, GMO mosquitoes into Florida to fight, um, like, mosquito-borne diseases that are coming more north because, like, the global warming and all of like the stuff from the equator is starting to be more prominent in Texas and Florida. And it's yeah. the first time, they've used it in other places, but it's the first time in Florida and it's kind of like controversial because they're like, I don't want these GMO mosquitoes biting me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've heard about the genetically modified or, or whatever enhanced or whatever um, mosquitoes, but I forget what they do. They're just sterile, right? Yeah, so the, there's something about only being male and those are the ones that don't bite, and so they, as the mosquitoes reproduce, they kill off the mosquitoes because they have less of the ones that bite, and then, like, it just lowers their population. Yeah, it's basically I... just for killing them. It's like a poison, except for poison by design, not, like, just a poison poison. Got it. So there was actually, in a, in a novel series that I read, it was a zombie apocalypse movie. Yeah. Um, there was a, they genetically altered a um, mosquito yeah. that actually was able to transmit the zombie disease. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully... Says, uh, this podcast is genetically modified. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then scientists, 88% of scientists agree with our oh, show. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, all right. So let's back to this, back to this... Uh, yeah, okay, the thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. Safe to eat foods grown with pesticides. 28% say yes. Uh, people, I mean, like, not scientists. Correct. 68% <laughs> of scientists say okay. Are any of, wait, just, are any of them, like, close? Are any of them close? I mean, uh, like, 50-50? Um, let me see if I can find the closest one. Yes. Huh. Space wait, station. And, wait, how is it not that you can't have 200%? What do you mean? Yeah, you can. You could. 
It's two separate. It's like a sample of scientists and a sample of people. Okay. Regular people. Oh, and you're just telling me one of the numbers. I'm giving you one of the numbers, and okay. then I and then I and, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So the the one that's closest to uh like parody only or a hundred. Either way. There's no hundred hundred. The I mean, closest... is there any like that just where people think the same as scientists? That's all. It doesn't yeah, matter the, what the number is. Yeah. The only one where the people the closest one where there's only four percent difference is Space Station has been a good investment for U.S. <laughs> really? That's a, well, that's good. I mean, at least people, you know, agree on the Space Station. Only 68% of scientists say so. It was good. Yeah. 64% of people. Um, get uh, Fracking, favor increased use of fracking was the second closest one, only an 8% difference, and it was still like 39%. This is one where scientists are lower than... Um, then people? Yeah, people say 40, 39% of people say, sure, let's do it, whereas only 31% of scientists say do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and another one where, like, scientists are below, favor more offshore drilling, 52% of people say yes. Yeah. 32% of scientists say, say yes. It's interesting. It's, it's kind of what I expected. People are stupid. This is my <laughs> feeling on this. Right? Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, Test, do some other ones. All right. Like, one how more. many other total? There's like maybe ten. I already gave you a couple of them. How about oh, this yeah. one? What percentage of scientists believe humans have evolved over time? Uh, like a hundred. Ninety-eight percent. Ninety-eight. Yeah, two percent. I just I just lower all of the scientists' ones by two percent if they're included. <laughs> use of animals in research. Uh, wait, what do I... Yeah, what, do you percent, what percentage of the scientists think they should use animals in research? Oh, I'm, now I'm just straight up saying percentages? I'd say yeah, like uh, 70. 89%. I'm just mixing uh, yeah. it up, dude. I'm mixing it up. I'm mixing it up. Cool. I mean, well, I, I knew it would be high, but I didn't want to be like, you know, too high. 47% of, of regular people say... Use it. Um, that one I'm kind of not. I don't really like when they use. I've seen too many bad movies where, like where monkeys take over the world. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's like I just feel like when you're trying to do that stuff and you don't use animals, it's like it just takes so much longer. It's not even worth it. <laughs> okay, this will be. I guess I'm gonna ask one more question. No, two more questions. One is about climate change. The other about space program. I want the okay. space one. Okay. First one, what percentage of scientists say astronauts are essential for future of U.S. space program? Wait, what's the percent of which one? Of the scientists. What percentage of scientists say astronauts are essential for the future of space program, U.S. space uh, program? I would say 60%. 47%. 47 but interesting, 60% of people, regular people, yeah. say people. And then last question, climate change is mostly due to act, human activity. What do you think scientists say are that, that climate change is mostly due to human activity? I'd say also like 70%. 87% of scientists 87. say that. Guess how many people, guess what people... Say. Like people. 
37, I'm sorry, 50, 50%, 37% difference. Yeah, it's pretty big. It's like the, the thir- fourth biggest. The biggest one that I gave you was the first one, the genetically modified food. That, oh, has yeah, the, yeah. that has the biggest delta between the two. They're both the ones that are totally marketed the most. You know what I mean? Oh, what you mean climate change? I mean, climate change and GMO are the ones that, like, have really, like, big campaigns to, like, make people scared of it. But it, you know what's funny? It's two opposite points. The climate change is kind of a more conservative issue, and yeah. the genetically modified food is more of a, a liberal issue. That's true. Yeah, so t- it's just another bucket of... Uh... But I feel like I feel like conservative people are super all about natural, too. Because they, they don't want... They don't want scientists messing with their food. Want to have well, like well, that's well, that's why pesticides. Totally, twenty-eight percent of people think it's safe to eat foods grown with pesticide. Where scientists say, almost sixty-eight percent of them say it's yeah. okay. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot. Apparently, scientists and humans they just generally don't agree. I like that it's scientists and humans. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, robots and humans. That would be an interesting. That is, by the I way, that, that's one that I want to. <laughs> Yeah, robots versus humans. Opinions on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, so speaking of uh, predictions about robots and whatnot, I know, I know. I was, I thought that was a good tie-in too. That yeah. guy, What's Ray Kurzweil. Famous. Yeah, Ray okay. Kurzweil. Yeah. He so, has thirty honorary degrees. For. I, who do you think, by the way, do you think that's a record? Who do you think has the most honorary degrees ever? I don't even know, like, how, I was also asking, like, if I got an honorary degree, would I put it on my resume? Because it doesn't really mean you did anything. No, but you could, if, well, it depends on what kind of degree. Because, like, what if it's a degree from, like, bar, you know, Salon Studio X? That'd be funny if you got <laughs> yeah, a degree from a... honorary degree from them. <laughs> oh, I got an honorary That'd be really funny if, like, a barbershop institute gave, like, a really famous scientist an honorary degree. I know. Or a, cl- a clown college. <laughs> I want to have a university just to give people honorary degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a good idea. I might just... That would be a good award system. Instead of, like, giving out awards for things, just give out honorary degrees. All right. So, like, so do you think that he's getting all doctorates? I guess they. Oh yeah, there are twenty honorary doctorates. Yeah. If okay, I got yeah, I here's the thing. If I got a doctorate, an honorary doctorate, I would one hundred percent put doctor after. At, I would call myself. I mean, it does, right? It totally. Yeah, absolutely, it counts. Oh yeah, no, I've I've heard of people doing that on TV shows. I think, and they're like, it's doctor so and so. It's like, yeah, honorary doctor. <laughs> I would definitely do it. I would definitely do it. But anyways, this guy. Super yeah, so, famous, yeah he's, he's pretty famous. He's he's written a bunch of books. Uh, he's uh, considered a, the go-to perso- person or speaking or talking head for uh, artificial intelligence. He works for Google now. He came out with about like four or five um, predictions for the next 25 years. Yeah. So here they are in chronological order with the most recent then going out to the most furthest. He says, by the late 2010s, glasses will beam images directly into the retina, 10 terabytes of computing power, roughly the same as a human brain, and it will cost you about 1000 bucks. Wait, this is his predictions from before. No, these are his predictions now. No, so, it's the ones from before. I just read that. By 2010. Glasses no, it says by the late 2010s. 
Oh, dude. for the next... Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, by the late 2010s, that means like 2018, 2019. Ooh, also, they had a note in the um, comments that it's not terabytes of computing power, it's uh, computing memory, because that would be dumb. Okay, so what do you feel about this? Do you think... Do well, How does it... First off, how does it beam images directly into your retina? I mean, they already do that. How does that work? I mean, they just, like, go around your, um, you know... Like, they don't use the lens of your eye. They just do it straight to your nerve. And you could see shit? Yeah, I mean, it's just going to, like, your ocular nerve or whatever it's called. <laughs> All right, I have no idea what the... Uh, they're glasses, and the glasses beam it directly into your I optical... I mean, they're not glasses because they, can't, they have to aim it right, and it, I don't think the aiming is the hard part. Well, he but says glasses... Yeah. Concept, what? He says glasses here. No, I know, but you're saying by the end of the 2010s. Yeah. And then I was saying they already, like, have that technology or whatever. Okay. So it's All not, right. like, that far-fetched. I mean, well, I guess that's probably why I said 2010. Here's, a, what's, here's what's cool. I want that. I'll, I don't know if I'll pay a 1000 bucks for it, but what's a 1000 No, 1, that's not what costs $1,000. What are you talking about? It says here it will cost about $1,000. No, it says 10 terabytes of computing power would cost about $1,000. Oh. I don't know why those are in the same line. Yeah, what the fuck? This guy is horrible at writing about his predictions. This isn't him. This is the person who wrote the article. <laughs> I know, right? So I guess, you also, know what? 10 terabytes, you can buy that for less than $1,000 right now. Like, that's but is not... It, but is ten, no, but is, the, is that 10 terabytes of RAM? No, it's of, uh, like, memory, which they correct in the comments. It's very poorly written. It doesn't make sense the way that it's written. Anyways, I think that's a dumb prediction. <laughs> and I think this is a dumb website. SingularityHub.com, consider yeah. this your last ever read by Fresher. Yes, but let's just move on to the other yeah. predictions, because yeah. I thought all of them were kind of dumb. I mean, not unlikely, just like not very... They don't have very much foresight. There's nothing that like out of the ordinary here that's like, oh my god, what? That could happen? <laughs> yeah, like when Fresh and Parlance predicted we'd be mining asteroids by 2030. Alright, anyway. Uh, by 2020, most diseases will go away as nanobots become smarter than current medical technology. So, people were saying in the comments also when I read this earlier that it's not... Uh, it would be engineered cells, not nanobots, but... And there were counter-arguments that technically those are nanobots just because we control them or whatever, but... And it's, like, a whole class of things. Okay. But I don't think disease is going to go away, regardless. Because that's, like, a whole other thing. Like, that's too broad. But I think that we would be able to help things with it. Like cancer. We'd probably kill cancer. Um, Maybe. I don't know. But normal then, human... The next one, which is the same, like paragraph, but a separate thing, is the Turing test being... No, no, what about the normal human eating can be replaced by nanosystems? What oh, yeah, the... I mean, I already have soylent, so whatever. Yeah, okay, moving on. <laughs> the and Turing... the Turing test thing, I mean, I think that's already... They need a new test. Self-driving cars, yeah, that's pretty much already about... I think that's more 2010s. I feel like <laughs> driving cars is going to be sooner than the... The glasses that beam directly into your eyes. Well, here he's saying self-driving cars will begin to take over the roads and people will not be able to drive on highways. Yeah, I think that once they're prominent, that'll definitely be the case. I was thinking about retrofitting. Uh, once that did happen, if you could retrofit your old car to be self-driving, which doesn't seem super impossible to do, 
But uh, that's really what happened on um, Back to the Future when, like, they had the old cars and they made them flying cars by changing out the wheels or whatever. Right, and, and the fusion at roads. Where yeah. we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> I know, yeah. But, anyway. So, yeah, no, I would totally convert my cars to self-driving. Me too. That would be awesome. Okay, so by the 2030s, virtual reality will begin to feel 100% real. What, uh, I don't think that that's going to take that long either. We will be able to upload our mind slash consciousness by the end of the decade of 2030. By the end of the decade of 2030? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's, like, pretty... That's a pretty, like, lofty goal. I don't know if it would happen that soon, but... I, yeah, I think, like, maybe more like 2050. Personally. This one... The 2040s look pretty good. I hope I make it. Uh... Non-biological intelligence will be a billion times more capable than biological intelligence. That's okay, yeah. aka us. All right, this is a stupid article. Anyway, but I know. This, this is the one I like. Nanotech foglets will be able to make food out of thin air and create any object in physical world at a whim. Yeah, that's. Cool. I mean, that's cool, but I, I mean, I don't. I feel like that that's easier to do. I don't, know, I don't know. Yeah. I've, these are all kind of lofty. Definitely. By 2045, we will multiply our intelligence a billion-fold by linking wirely, wirelessly from our neocortex to a synthetic neocortex in the cloud. So I don't see how that's any different than by 2030 being able to uh, upload our mind or consciousness. Because we're uploading it, we're not connecting it. I think that's Yeah, once the we... There's no... That's not separate. Why would that take 15 years? That doesn't make sense. I feel like once you're to the mind consciousness being into a computer, like, this other stuff would just happen automatically pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, if, if all of these things happen within yeah. the time frame, that's pretty cool. I, I I'd like to, That's yeah. awesome. It's, like, in my lifetime. I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's just at the edge of my lifetime. I, I could be dead by 2045. No, it wouldn't be, though, because you could upload your brain. Oh, yeah, but, okay, it's a good point. Good point. Like that's the thing. If they're curing all diseases also, that was already in the 20s. All right, man. I'm in. I'm all in. <laughs> I know, right? It's a good times. It's a great time to be alive. Because we'll never... Yeah. Um, so, you know, this digital stuff, it's pretty interesting. What did, uh, you, what did Bill Gates talk about this week with the digital currency? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he was talking about that some country, it was like a, I can't remember, some country in Africa already uses digital currency, but he was saying how digital currency was important for developing countries and, like, really poor people because they don't have access to banking and any way to do, like, transactions or, uh, like, they can't manage money, basically. They have no, like, money doesn't mean much to them. So if they had digital currency, it would just be a lot easier to manage, and it's, it's totally... Um, what is that called? It's financially sound or whatever for banks to have online banking, whereas it's not, they can't afford to open a branch in these super remote places. So basically online banking will make people have more money available to them, but they can't get physical money, so it would still have to be a digital currency. Got it. And I think the digital currency that they were trading was actually cell phone minutes. It was cell phone minutes? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I don't know. They said there was some other one, but he was saying specifically it's not bitcoins. No, there was like cell phone minutes. I think it was cell phone minutes. I mean, his solution. He says that that's not 
that's not the digital currency that the developing world needs. Well, yeah, because also a, a currency that's tied to the economy of that country. Yeah. Yeah, they have to deal with potentially rapid inflation and you know gross domestic product and the economy yeah. of those countries and there's so much. But upheaval. that was like in his speech, like, or it was like the AMA or whatever on uh, Reddit. But yeah, he was saying like you know people were saying, oh, I wonder what the Bitcoin people are going to say because he specifically called out it's not Bitcoin and that's like most of the digital currency buzz. Is it Dodge Coin or Doggy Coin? That was dumb. Dumb. Or light coins. Worthless. Worthless. <laughs> All right, it's time, dude. Is it time? Yes, it's time. Yes, here. Hey. Hey, Jeff. His eyes are blue. He's for the Seahawks too. Oh boy. Genetically modified, Jeff. 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 He's interested in the microphone. Well, you probably shouldn't have slathered tuna all over it before the show. <laughs> tuna? Yeah. I did feed him some honey earlier today. He liked it. I don't know if he's ever had honey before. Uh, what's not to like about honey? Of course he would like it. I know. But anyway, it's time for... Right. Review Roulette. Woo! Each week, fresher in parlance, he's fresher, I'm parlance, randomly select a title from the Netflix catalog. We then give you one week to watch the movie, in which case we will review the movie. Well, it's not so much review the movie, right, Fresher? No, we more, it's a play-by-play. We just talk about it, kind of spoil it, but we do give it a number rating at the end. And last week's movie was the 1986 classic Crocodile Dundee. Dundee. Starring Charles Hogan and Linda Kozlowski. Now, yeah. here's one thing I did like about this movie right off the bat. Linda Kozlowski. I like her yeah. last name. She represents. You know what I'm saying? What's Kozlowski? You know, ski at the end. You see what oh, I'm saying? Ski at the end? Yeah. Ski name, ski, 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 ski. So, a couple things I didn't know about this is that, uh, first off, Paul Hogan was nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah, that's great. And an Academy Award for Best Writing. So... These are well written, apparently. <laughs> well, I, here's the thing, and I was gonna get to this, like straight off the bat. Was this movie good for its time? Because sometimes you know movies are good and they're still good consistently. Yeah. And then some movies are good because of its time and place, and I think, and it doesn't last. Like it just doesn't move on. And I'm wondering, was this film better? in 1985, because all of the things that happened in it, like the quote-unquote groundbreaking things or like the memorable moments, yeah. have been just done to death since this movie. I, I mean, apparently it was because it got like award stuff, right? But I right. thought it was just like not very cool. It's what, we, a very movie. Here's what we, it's what we would call a classic fish-out-of-water movie. <laughs> yeah. Take a person... Take a person from a culture that they're not they're not used to and put them in it and see what happens. Yeah, but it was more like just like a love story or whatever. Well, a dumb was, love story because it, was, it wasn't even like she was, she was just being promiscuous pretty much. Yeah, she was kind of a jerk. She was a jerk. Yeah, but her boyfriend was way more of a jerk. He was so dumb. Oh, all right. So let's I'm going to let's get into this. I was actually taking mental notes on this movie because I really wanted to like it and it turned out I didn't like it, so I was just like, what didn't I like about this movie? I took because physical notes right here. I'm looking at them. 
So, okay, so the movie starts off with this uh, newspaper editor for Newsday. Her name is Sue Charlton, and she yeah. is she's on assignment in Sydney because we can see the opera house in the background. She's yeah. talking to her editor. They allude to that they're somehow um, he, she's dating this editor because at yeah. the end he's like, love you, babe, can't wait to see you again. And um, she's like, no, I got the story up north in the northern province about this guy who lost his leg by, from a crocodile and crawled back and lived to tell the tale. Yeah. Four, four miles through the bush. So, or what is it? What do they call it? It's not the bush. What do they call it? The, they didn't call it the bush, I think. Oh, they did? Okay. So anyway, um, she's like, I'm, first off, now I know why Tom Brew worked in newspapers in the 80s. Because apparently you have just massive expense accounts where you could just... I know, they were like spending so much money on everything. Yeah, because she then goes like, uh, oh, don't worry about it, honey. I secured an interview. I'm just taking a helicopter up north to meet this guy. Yeah. (laughs) And so anyway, she takes the helicopter up north to meet this guy. She's all super packed up. She's like got a backpack and everything. But she dresses like super slutty the whole time. It's like horrible clothing choices. Hashtag no bra. I know. <laughs> right? So anyway, um, so she flies up north and runs into, um, uh, what's his name? Neville, the guy, her, his... Uh, his assistant guy. Yeah, Crocodile Dundee's assistant. Which I thought would play way more of a role. Like, there were basically no other characters. There was four characters, pretty much three characters in the whole movie. Yeah. Anyways, his assistant guy picks her up. That's right. The sister guy picks her up, takes her to the bar, um, and, and then rough. she's like, "Well, when is he going to be around?" And he's like, "Uh, I don't know. He usually comes." <laughs> so anyway, uh, he makes a crazy entrance with the dead crocodile, right? A stuffed crocodile. A stuffed crocodile, yeah. Yeah, and then there's some rough and tumbleness. He starts dancing with her, so on and so forth. And they accuse him of being just a, a simple a poacher. poacher. He's a poacher. He was out there, and they, yeah, they didn't even like, like conclude that whole thing or whatever, or resolve it. Well, they sort of did, and I don't want to get ahead of myself there. But when he kills the crocodile, when he stabs in its head, yeah, he goes, "Oh, he better be dead, because I don't want to. I don't want to. It'll be tough skinning him." I know, right? Yeah. And he was wearing a lot of crocodile skin clothing. Was he? Yeah, his whole jacket was crocodile skin. Oh, that was crocodile skin? Yeah, his boots were crocodile skin. But yeah, so anyways, they go to the bar, he does the thing, they meet, dance, and then what? Then she pays him $25 to take him on a tour of the bush. It was $25? $2,500. Oh, yeah. Because it was like a two-day tour. I want to see where you got your leg cut. Oh, yeah, it turns out his leg totally wasn't even bit. It was just like kind of cut on his knee. That's it. No, he had a scar there. Yeah, but barely. So anyway, he takes like the story about how when he was like, they drag you down and they don't like fresh meat, so they just like stick you under a rock to let you die, so then they'll eat you later. Right, right. They do the death roll. I didn't I didn't know that was a thing. It's a for sure a thing. They take you down and they keep spinning you and suffocate you. Yeah. Yeah, they like break your neck and suffocate you, and then they like eat you when you're dead because you less you don't struggle. So anyway, um, 
So they start on this tour. He shows her the boat. Uh, you know, they spend the night. He kills a snake, saves her life with the snake. Then she w- they wake up in the morning, and he's like, I don't think you're going to be able... I can't... I wish I could do an Australian accent. He's like, I don't think you could be make. I don't think you're going to be able to make gotta, it. you got to try. you got to try. So, crikey. I don't think you'll be able to last it around here. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> so, anyway, she says, I don't think so. She's, like, very hoity-toity. She wears, like, the scarf, like, around her I know, head. She's, like... She's wearing basically, like, a really small swimsuit, like, one-piece swimsuit and, like, shorts and a scarf. A scarf, yeah, and a backpack. And and yeah. so she's like, I'm empowered. I could do this. I could do this. Yeah. Um, and he's like, like, all right, go yeah. ahead. Then. Go ahead, then. Go ahead. Yeah, take the gun and shoot it in the air. No, he, he says, take the gun and shoot it in the air if you get in trouble. Yeah, if you get in trouble. So she's like, huh, I will. And, like, you know, starts walking, and he sort of, like, follows her behind just to, like, kind of, like, see how she's going to... Um, he's just, like, uh, being sure she's okay or whatever because he's in yeah. trust. So he follows her till she gets to a watering hole, and then she proceeds to take off her shorts, and she's wearing essentially what I would call a 1980s one-piece. Yeah, it's totally thong. like something from uh, American Apparel ad. <laughs> it is totally, except with thong, and yeah, uh, it was like way, very high on the back section, and a lot of side, and a lot of side boob. Yeah, and then she proceeds to like. I don't know what she's thinking. She's just going to go swim in this little... Yeah, she's filling up her water bottle in this lake. Like, you can't just, like, fill up your water bottle with gross water. So she's filling it up, and as she's sticking the water bottle, I think a giant crock comes down and bites down on the water. And bites down on her canteen, excuse me. Yeah. And, of course, Crocodile Dundee, who'd been, like, oogling her from afar... Um, yeah comes rushing in and stabs the crocodile on the top of the head with a knife and kills the crocodile and, quote-unquote, saves her life. Yeah. But then she gets a scratch on her butt, and he's like, like, yeah. He's like, let me examine the scratch in your butt. And as he's examining the scratch in her butt, um, an aboriginal, or what do you call those? What do they call them? Uh, Yeah, I I guess they're aboriginal, yeah. Yeah, That that guy was cool. He was probably one of my favorite characters. And he was so only she, in the movie for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, he comes in, and he's like, oh, is that what you're doing? Check a scratch? Didn't look like that for me. <laughs> <laughs> and he was all totally, he was totally, like, an average guy, but, it, like, he looked all way aboriginally or whatever. Yeah, he was dressed in, like, very authentic garb, had the face paint on and stuff. And he's and, and Crocodile and Dundee explains, hey, there's this, like, ceremony that's supposed to happen. His, this, is, this is the son of the, uh, of the, the, the clan leader, yeah, but um, he lives in the city or whatever. But he lives in the city, but he comes back to do these things because it's like a thing. And so he follows them, and they start. They show this dance scene, right? Yeah. And he, and he tells her she has to stay behind because girls aren't allowed. But she, of course, follows and takes pictures of Crocodile Dindy and face paint doing the dances and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, they come back, and I think that was the end of the... the that was tr- Yeah, that was pretty much it for, uh, for Australia. She's like, you know, you should come back. And uh, we'll do an article about you in the city because we've never been to the city. And then he's like, I, and then she alludes to like that, like she wants him to come back because she's into him or whatever. But then she, they don't say that explicitly. But like, well, they they almost kissed, didn't they? Almost kiss in the yeah yeah. And then like someone came, like yeah. the assistant guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can't. The one of my favorite lines once they got back. 
or when she was talking to her boyfriends, was like he totally called him a jungle gym. You're gonna bring that jungle gym back to the city? It's <laughs> <laughs> like there's not even a good. there's not even a jungle in Australia, but whatever. I know, but that's what they call him a jungle gym. Yeah. So then <laughs> now the tides have turned. See, yeah. see, before the, the the city girl was being protected by the crocodile Dundee. And she was the fish out of water. But now Crocodile D comes to New York City, and he's now the fish out of water. Yeah, he was. Did you notice that uh, taxi driver guy? That's totally the dad from Family Matters, isn't it? That was. That's, and he was also in uh, Die Hard, Reginald Vale Johnson. I was going to bring that up. That huh? guy. Huh? What guy? He was in Die Hard. Yeah, Reginald Vale Johnson. He was, yeah, he was the... Who, by the way out of nowhere, was able to take the, the boomerang thing off the back of the wind limo and throw it's because it. because he was from a tribe. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's because he asked them at the beginning, like, hey, what tribe are you from? And then it's like, oh, my God, that's so racist. <laughs> and then, like, later in the movie, he does the boomerang thing, and then, like, Crocodile Dundee says, like, I knew you were a tribe guy. And he's, like, says another tribe name, and then the guy says a different tribe name. So anyway, now he's he's never flown in a plane. He's like, good, good Jesus, as he's like flying in the airplane as it takes off. Yeah. He lands in New York. They get into a limo. It's uh, Family Matters' father is the the tax the limo driver. Yeah. He um. He starts rolls down his window. He's like, this place is amazing. He's like, everybody must know everybody. So as soon as they stop at a red light, he turns to the guy who's like, he's smoking a cigarette on the yeah. street, like a stockbroker or something. He's like, goodbye, mate. How you doing? I'm just in from the northern province. Yeah. Australia, the outback. And the guy's all confused. But yeah, the guy's all confused. Everyone was way too nice. I don't know. I don't think people are that nice. So I really, really love the, the way 1985 New York City looked. I know. And the cars? The cars were cool. The cars were... Yeah. yeah. The 19, and like the, the first pan in is totally the Twin Towers and stuff. Yeah. Was it was cool. great. Yeah. It was all that whole thing was great. That was, I think, that was maybe the best part. For me, it was the best part. The portrayal of 1980s New York. Yeah. So anyway, hijinks occurs now. Crocodile doesn't understand. He's washing his socks in the bathtub. People yeah, come like, like a crazy nice hotel. He's at like yeah, the best hotel you could possibly be in, like on Central Park. Again, on the dime of the newspaper. Yeah, I have no it's idea. It's like a two-bedroom suite or something. <laughs> And like yeah. he's like sleeping on the floor with a blanket. Yeah, and I love when he when she's like, it has a TV and everything, and he's like, oh, I've seen a TV once. And then he turns on, he's like, exactly as how I remember it. And then shuts <laughs> it back up. It was totally like I love Lucy. Yeah, um, and so he's making friends with his charismatic down homeness with with prostitutes, with prostitutes, a cab driver. The limo driver. Um, so you know the scene when he first gets out of the like into the city and he's like, "Good day, good day, how you doing? Yeah. Good day." Yeah, and then he gets overwhelmed because there's so much people on the streets. And then he climbs up onto the the street oh, sign. Yeah. And then the mounted cop comes. So that scene was iconic. That scene was I remember that. Oh, really? that was yeah, that was like the big scene. I remember like they really promoted that scene a lot. That was like. You don't. Rem- that's like even when yeah. I go to the IMDb. I, mean, I don't even remember when this movie was out. I think 
Yeah, I was like four years old or something. <laughs> I'm a little younger than you, so I, I'm older than you, I should say. So I kind of remember the, I kind of yeah. remember that scene. Um, and so anyway, you know, the tides have turned. He's now the fish out of water. He doesn't. Ha- he he's trying to bring home his down home charm, which is working in some cases. Meanwhile, uh, we learn that the girl is in fact dating the editor, and she's actually re- the daughter of the person who owns the magazine. Yeah, I know. So that's why she's all. Uppity or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So um, then, you know, he... By the way, this was another one. That guy is drinking all that booze, the, the editor, before they go to the... Uh, oh, yeah, to, yeah, at the bar. Yeah, Yeah, and then they go to the Italian restaurant, and he punches him in the face, like, really quickly and knocks him out. Yeah. And then the next time they see each other, he's like, okay, everything's okay. Yeah, I know, right? Why is that? Why would he be okay? That guy punched him. Crocodile Deep punched him. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because he was a drunk and acting like an ass? I, yeah. The only that guy was dumb anyways. That part, that character stuff didn't really make sense. And how she was still with him, but, like, she was totally playing both of them. I know. You know I, mean? I know. Like, it was, the, like, did, that wasn't a very good thing of her to do. She was not a good person. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Did you see the white suit that guy wore to that Italian restaurant? The, yeah. The, that was yeah, some... all the suits were ridiculous. They it were ridiculous. was ri- they were ridiculous. I like so, that he was, like he totally grabbed uh, all the transvestite like balls. So like, or, yep, it's it, a guy. Well, he only he did it once because he didn't realize he thought it was a girl, and then the people were like, dude, that's a that's a guy, and he's but like, he and, it again, <laughs> and it was a girl though. That time it was a girl. He's like, just checking. No, it wasn't. I thought that was a guy. No, he was just checking. Really? Oh. I don't know. I it was unclear. But he said I just checking. I guess, yeah, they didn't say explicitly, but I was pretty sure it was. But they played that whole thing a bunch. Also, probably my favorite scene in the whole movie is when uh, the guy, some person on the street steals an old lady's purse, oh. and he uses a can of soup to, like, throw and hit at, hit him. That was what, That is the most ridiculous scene. They're like, I don't, what were they looking at in the window? Like, people getting their hair cut. Yeah, or something. And someone gets a purse snatch, and groceries fall on the ground from a paper bag. First off, yeah. this is ridiculous. He picks up a soup can and throws it, I don't know, 40 yards and knocks the guy unconscious. Yeah. yeah. In the crowd. In a crowd. Ridiculous. But then also, that was the second soup can reference, because that was the same soup that he busted out when he was making fun of that chick for eating gross stuff. Was it the same soup? Yep. Same but- soup. It was totally like a... Uh, whatever that... I can't remember the super classic, the main soup that everyone has. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the prop guy just, he was like, whatever. I'm just... pretty sure it was the same one. Are you talking about, like, Campbell's soup? Yeah. Oh, yeah, also, it's crazy they, like, smoked everywhere. They were smoking all the time. Like, I was like, you can't smoke in the elevator. I thought that was going to be some sort of plot point, but then it wasn't because they're just smoking in the elevator. Oh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were just allowed the smoking in the elevator. I, I, th- I thought that was going to be like, oh, that crazy guy coming to the stage. I know, state. me too, but I was like, I guess that's the normal part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, they go to the party at her father's house where the, the boyfriend proposes he meets the governor, he or the senator from the state of New York. He meets all these people, so on and so forth. He's a hit. 
Um, but Crocodile Dundee decides that he's no longer going to stay in New York. He's going to go on a walkabout. And the last time he had a walkabout, he lost his first wife because he roamed the countryside for 18 months. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's, he decides he's going to go a walkabout in the U.S. For, eight, for however long to get his thoughts clear, kind of like a zen-like Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. Because the chick... Oh, because the chick got proposed to. Yeah, right. Because he's... So he Did decides... Huh? I don't think you mentioned that. I did at the party. He got proposed to. I said that the guy oh, proposes yeah, yeah, at the party. Yeah. So anyway, he decides he's because he's not no longer going to be with this girl. He's going to go on a walkabout. And ever, all of the like you know, the service people are really disappointed. Like, oh, we're going to miss him. He was such a cool guy. The doorman. <laughs> the doorman so gets. His, yeah. Oh, we forgot to talk about the most famous scene. Which one? Where they're, where they're walking on the street at oh, night. Oh yeah, and he like totally like with a knife. He's like, hey man, you got some? You got a light? I know. And then, yeah, like, like, give me your wallet. Yeah. And then he's like, you call that a knife? This is a knife. I know. Yeah. And then he cuts up his jacket. Yeah, which was like a slick, like, Michael Jackson red jacket. Red I know. Red jacket. Um, and then they're like, you just saved me yet again, Crocodile Dundee. He's like, I didn't save you. That's just some kids blowing off some steam. Yeah, it's just some blokes messing around. <laughs> So anyway, he goes on a walkabout, starts heading toward the subway to yeah. get to, to Grand Central Station or whatever, or Penn Station. And she, yeah, go ahead. She chases after him, but she can't go fast enough, so she takes off her shoes. That's way gross. She's running barefoot new, through New York into the subway. Nineteen, yeah, especially '80s subway New York. Yeah, gross. that's gross. <laughs> but so then, anyway, yeah, on the subway, and that that was like. She's trying to yell. It's, like, totally full. He's on the opposite side of the platform. And she's, like... It's, like, a game of telephone between two guys who are relaying messages. Yeah. And first off, I've lived in New York. I've never seen a subway that packed, okay? Even on rush hour, it's not that packed. And how... If he came in the same entrance, how did he get to the other side? Exactly. Exactly. So, anyway... you hear that far. But that telephone thing was kind of funny. And then, like, he's just stepping on people to get over there. I know, and then he steps. He essentially gets climbs up as if he did it earlier on the pole. Yeah, climbs up on the people, and then just starts walking across the people. Yeah, I mean, I New York like people are personable and whatever, but I don't think people in New York are that nice. <laughs> yeah. Like they'd be pissed. Most people are like not gonna care about these like whatever these other people are doing. You know what I mean? Right, and she says, "I love you." He walks back. He's like, "I love you too." Cut to the credits. And then, yeah, it's just credits. That was like just the end. I don't know. This movie. All right, you, you, you go first. Rating. It's rating time. All right, four. I'm giving it a four and a half. Four and a half. I also gave it a four and a half. What? Yeah. It's a double four and a half. It's a solid. I'm putting a star by that one. Four point five star. That's a a solid 4.5. It doesn't get any more 4.5 than that 4.5. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It wasn't that good. It, it wasn't that good. It didn't live up to what I thought it was going to be. Me either. The main thing, it wasn't wacky at all. I thought it was going to be wacky. It was like 0% wacky. I, I kind of wish we watched Fern Gully instead. Was that the, was that the other option? We had three options because we I said I had seen this movie a long time ago. Yeah. And you said no, no, we should watch it. You were pretty excited I mean, it's about a movie it. That I've always kind of wanted to see, and like I don't want to watch it on my own accord. It doesn't seem like it's worth my time. <laughs> I got it. I got it. 
So anyway, 4.5. Let's pick another movie. All right. Uh, okay. Oh my god, you won't believe what I just got, dude. All right, what did you, what did you I get? I have to pick another one because we already – I got Barfy, our first ever movie. Really? No yeah. way. Whoa, yeah. we're getting repeats. I don't even know. This doesn't look good, but – Okay, I have to choose another one because I've seen that one. I got I'll, – I'll read what mine is. I got Forget Me Not. A party-filled graduation weekend turns into a nightmare for popular class president Sandy Channing when her friends begin to vanish one by one, soon Sandy discovers that her awakened... Wait. They have awakened the vengeful spirit of a girl they mistreated years ago. That's dumb. Go. Now she must work to resolve the dark mysteries of her past before she and all her friends become unwilling victims in this bloody horror flick. I am, like, not interested in seeing this. Okay. Uh, this I got... Driven by a fairly outrageous proposition, this blood-soaked comedy opens with Oscar Svensson waking up in the middle of an, a grisly murder scene. Oscar tries to prove his innocence to the police with a tale of huge lottery win that went very wrong. Interesting. They're both, like, horror-esque. This one's Scandinavian. It's Norwegian. Sounds extra bloody, then. What do you think? I think we should go for the comedy, I think. I think so, too. How long is it? 90 minutes. 20, oh. 2000, 2011. Nice. This one's 95, so this one's 2009. And it's, this sounds super dumb. I mean, like, besides that it's horror, it just sounds stupid. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Jackpot. What was the name? What was the name? Jackpot. Jackpot? Yeah, I'll, say, I'll send right you the... Oh, yeah. Right. Picked. Jackpot. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add this week, Mr... Uh, hold oh. on. Hold on. Because I think there might have been... Oops, that's the wrong link. Well, I'll do that later. Let's see. Disneyland measles. Dead Sea Brutes. Double Down Dog. European Space Plane. Oh, no. we got. You know what we had to do? We got to give a shout-out to our po- our podcast. Okay. Our podcast our, network, our yeah. Community. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, technically a YouTube show? <laughs> yeah, technically. So reach out. We have a, a group of uh, related uh, shows. We have Longbox Heroes, hosted by my longtime friend Leonard Chakarison. Uh, it's a weekly show about comic books. We have Dad Distractions, which is also Leonard and my other friend Brian. Uh, they talk about being a dad and some other nerd, nerdly topics. Um, and uh, Prodigal Sons podcast, which is a little bit more adult that is Brian and two other folks, or three other folks, Ian, Jared, and, and uh, oh my god, Adam, the, the Adam that didn't show up on our podcast. What um, a jerk. Um, Adam. So you, you can go to prodigalsonspodcast.com, beavelittleweird.com for dad distractions, Longbox Heroes for the Longbox Heroes uh, podcast. So, yeah. All, all the podcasts. Also, if you want to check out any of our older episodes, you could go to the YouTube and type in Fresher and Parlance, or go to fresherandparlance.com where we have an entire archive of our show. Yeah, and tweet us at Fresh and Par. At Fresh and Par. Or but, email us at uh, the show at fresherandparlance.com. That is true. I have. Oh, by the way, and I'm going to start. I, this is a little late, but I think I'm going to do a giveaway. Oh, what? 
what? So I have a copy of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the DVD. Yeah. It's like a combo. What? Yeah? It's, it's like Blu-ray DVD. It's a Blu-ray DVD combo. Why would you do that? Why? Why would there be a Blu-ray DVD combo? I, don't, I didn't do it. It's not like my responsibility. I mean, why, why is that a combination? If you have the Blu-ray, why do you need the DVD? I don't know. I have no idea. That's ridiculous. So anyway, I th- I got a, I acquired a free copy of this. I'm thinking maybe we should do a giveaway on it. You should do it, yeah. Giveaway. So we'll have to figure that out. We'll figure that out. Well, uh, listen in next week for our giveaway. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. So that is it. Hopefully you, you live close so I don't have to ship it. I can just hand it to you. Yeah. So anyway. Um, <laughs> I eat Tom. <laughs> Which is funny because I think I acquired it from Tom. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> basically, you just admitted to regifting. I'm not regifting. It was not from Tom. So uh, this is uh, Parland saying toodaloo. All right, and this is Fresher and Jeff saying go hoax. Oh, see, hoax. <laughs>